you know what? Uh, I only planned to stay in Hong Kong for one year. And the first year, honestly, was just meh. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Old St. Mike here wishing you all a great holiday season. I know Christmas has just passed and everybody's hanging out on the beach in Thailand while listening or maybe freezing their butts off in in America, well, wherever you are, I hope you had a good holiday and got lots of cool gifts because you were all good boys and girls this year, right? Uh, Christmas fell on a weekend this year, so not much time off work for everybody. Although in China, it's just a normal work day anyway. There was no holidays here. But in Hong Kong, business is closed on Monday the 26th and Tuesday the 27th. So no banking or government fun for you guys. Too bad, right? And this show... It's going to be online after Christmas, but I am obviously doing this recording a couple of days before Christmas, uh, pre, pre-eve, uh, 23rd evening, Friday night. So the plan for our holiday is going to have a buffet dinner at the Venice Hotel and Windows of the World on the 24th, Saturday night. Uh, it's my cheat day, so I'm going to go crazy eating tons and then... Going to the zoo on Christmas Day. Wendy said there's some half-priced tickets, so we're going to take advantage. I'll see some monkeys and elephants and stuff uh, in a hot day in Shenzhen. I'll try to get a picture or two and put it on the show notes. Globalfromasia.com slash episode 155. Okay, and now for this week's show, we have Ove Young. She's a friend I met even before she made the move to Hong Kong. Uh, did a lot of calls with her and met with her while she came here and she has spent a couple of years in Hong Kong and she's actually moving on. She's over in the UK now and she's just an inspiring person. She's got tons of energy and she's always just making moves. So I got her on the show. We were both always moving. So we were doing it while she was applying for a bank account at HSBC. And I know a lot of listeners love bank accounts. So that's just a second perk. <laughs> Anyways, let's enjoy. Welcome from HSBC Premier Lobby in <laughs> Shenzhen, China. Lohu, yes. We're in Lohu District, my favorite district. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we all know that. And we have a friend, and I'm going to miss Ove Young. Yes. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having so, me. It's an honor to be on Global, Global from, from Asia. Asia. Yeah, you, you helped out at the Cross-Border Summit last year with tech and uh, co-host there a little bit, some of the speeches, and you're giving me some great pointers. Today, we've been having an interactive day, shopping in Lohu and banking. Oh my God, three of- hours of banking, mm-hmm. and then we're back here again. We're back. And so you're heading off to London in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I am. So today's topic is, I thought it'd be good to share with people wanting to move to Hong Kong or in Asia, kind of like you... Your, maybe give us first some, some background. Bit background of you. Um, well, I'm born in Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada. Aye. And um, I spent uh, a few years in Vancouver, Toronto, New York. And then I spent uh, uh, a year in New York. And then um, the last few years have been mainly between Vancouver and San Francisco. Um, and my first time in Asia um, was two years ago. So um, I was uh, inspired to... 
um, you know, I thought it was about time that I learned a little bit more about my uh, my mom's culture and um, wanted to learn Chinese culture, but I was super scared. I didn't know anyone in, in China um, or, or Hong Kong or in Asia in general, just acquaintances or friends of friends. And, um, and uh, I made my way out to Hong Kong thinking it's, it's uh, close enough to China and yeah. Cool. And then we connected through Startup Noodle. Our our friend, mutual friend Shlomo connected us. And I remember having some calls with you early on and you were hunting for jobs and, and figuring things out. So I thought today would be cool, like kind of have a recap of, of your experiences and maybe some listeners can get some ideas. Uh, maybe they're back in Vancouver or or in, on the other side of the world. So maybe where where did you end up? What have you been working on the last couple of years here? Uh, yeah, so I uh, moved to Hong Kong in January 2015, I believe. That's when I first came here, and I officially really moved until uh, in April. Um, and in January and February, I just uh, I had a really um, a friend uh, who you know made her business um, in in Hong Kong, and she works with children with autism. And uh, yeah, just uh, she's she said, hey, don't come here for a week, don't come here for two, come here for two or three weeks, and, and just really get to know Hong Kong, and and really offered me, you know, like I forever thank her offered me a place to stay and said, hey, really do take your time to get to know it and figure out if you really want to be here. And um, actually, uh, how I met you was through uh, Slomo and uh, how I knew Slomo was actually through Herman, who was in Beijing, who introduced me to Slomo, and then uh, Slomo introduced me to you. And how I knew Herman is uh, I... Uh, uh, briefly, actually for many, four or five years, I sat on the board um, of Vancouver Chinatown Business Improvement Association. So that's where um, we spent, uh, we worked with the, uh, the community, the Chinatown community in Vancouver and really wanted to keep history and culture uh, within the community and also figure out how to have a a youth representative. So that's what I was. I represented all the youth Um, and, and made sure that, uh, that we were well-spoken in, in the Chinatown community. Anyhow. So I moved to Hong Kong or I checked out Hong Kong. I just hustled my way through, uh, friends, friends of friends, friends of friends of friends, and uh, could even be friends of friends of like, like acquaintance at work type of thing. And I met with, uh, I think about a month in, I met with over 60 people. Crazy. And, <laughs> and that's with one week being in Beijing. Um, had to go visit that friend, right? And I decided that, you know what, one month isn't enough. I really only got to um, the basis of it. Uh, I was really only meeting like corporate companies. And I really thought that at first I would be leaving behind my startup experience. But actually in the second month, I really um, got to know and understand Hong Kong startup community. Uh, and I met with uh, uh, in total over 110, 110 uh, people, um, maybe less than 100 uh, startups. And um, that was over seven weeks. Um Easy. How amazing. I'm wondering, I'm trying to think of the listener there. So it you didn't mention any websites. So it seems like you just did good old fashioned, good old fashioned hustling. <laughs> um, networking. Gold, yeah. Good old fashioned 
asking around and yeah. just I think um I think that's the other thing is that you got to put yourself out there right if if nobody really knows your goal then how can they help you mm-hmm. so I mean this is just a, a brief thing but I, I got um hit by a car um two years ago and that's uh sort of what inspired me to learn a little bit more about my Chinese culture and spend a bit more time in my personal development so um personal growth and um I wrote a bunch of articles and said, hey, this is this is my next goal. I, I really cool. want to be learning about Chinese culture. And, and a bunch of people reached out and it's like, well, I don't know this person, but I do have a friend who has a friend who lived there. Or I might have some family members and I haven't been there for years, but uh, let me introduce you. All right. So we're adding this into the interview. So we're going to... This is uh, about a week later. So, Ove, you're, you're in UK now, right? I am. I'm in London. Great. So, I know I've gotten feedback from listeners, too. I'm a little bit shy sometimes. So, we discussed after the interview that we wanted to dig in a little bit with the, the car accident, the life-changing event that got you to Hong Kong. Do you mind sharing yeah. a little bit? <laughs> um, August 2014, I was hit by a car. Um, and it was quite severe. It was, uh, it was a hit and run and, um, I was in an induced coma for about 10 days and, um, I broke my sacrum, my pelvis and my, um, I guess my arm or my right arm. And so there's some titanium in me and I spent, uh, about five weeks in the hospital, um, most of which I don't remember. And then four weeks in the rehab center, um, which was actually a lot less than the original time. The original time was, I think, six weeks, and I just kept negotiating it down. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to be in the rehab center as as much as I could, so I tried to get out of it. So I learned to walk there. Wow. And, yeah, just uh, uh, after a few months, I basically just volunteered at local communities, um, the tech eco space, um, startup space, and yeah, offered my services and just to get sort of my memory back and and uh, my brain working. <laughs> wow! So then, but you you seem to have done better than they thought, right? You, they were saying longer, and you were negotiating and proving them wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I kept, uh, I worked hard and I, I, almost every single day I asked them, um, you know, what, what do I need to do in order for the time to be uh, reduced? Um, and so I had to, normally they only, um, they only let you go if, if you're, um, not in a wheelchair and walking. So, um, I wasn't, I was actually, uh, I was able to get their trust and gain their trust where I was released, um, not walking. So I was using, uh, yeah, I had a wheelchair and then I also had a walker and then I continued private rehab at home and I s- still continue to do that now. And what led me to, to Hong Kong? So my background is that my mom is from Xi'an, uh, where the terracotta warriors are. And my father is from Hong Kong. So I had left home when I was 17, 18, and I had never spoke to my mother since. So uh, basically until the accident, until the accident was the first time I saw her, first time I um, briefly, roughly, you know, vaguely spoke with her. 
if necessary. And I just thought that it would be good for me to try and focus on my personal life, spend a little bit more time understanding, really digging deep and understanding why my mother is the way that she is. You know, she was born in um, 57. So I still don't know too much of the history, but I know that that was during the Cultural Revolution. And yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, it's true. People in China, every generation is just so different. And and uh, it's it's good on you for, for uh, taking that, you know, tragic event and, and making some amazing life-changing directions and now we're talking in you're in London and uh it's great I'm I'm happy you're following your your dreams and I think this is a great great show for the uh the end of the year you know new year's 2017 maybe we can inspire the some goal. inspire some yeah. other people right <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so all right that that's good for I'm, I'm glad we'll patch this in and then get back to the normal interview If you had your friend asking you now, how would they, maybe they're in Vancouver and they want to come over to Hong Kong or Asia to work for some experience, I guess budget a month to network first, come over here for a couple of weeks networking? Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I wouldn't say that I started networking when I landed. I started networking probably about three or four months beforehand. So just reaching out, just asking people, um, hey, do you know anyone? I I feel like you've got some roots in Hong Kong and maybe some roots in China. Do you think it would be a good idea for me to go there? All right. It's it's very, very good. I mean, I wonder, I mean, there, do you, would you, is there any websites you can think of? I mean, I'm just, I just know some people aren't maybe willing or able, or is that the only way you would say that they could do it? Would they have to come out first? Um, no, 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 absolutely not. I mean, uh, Meetup is a great way to go. Uh, I think that's what I would have done if, if I already had secured a job or if I moved and transitioned over internally from a, a, a corporate company. I would probably go on to meetup.com, really just finding Facebook groups, um, people, especially for finding apartments, buy and sell furniture, uh, for clothing, um, even just finding an apartment, right, or finding a roommate, uh, or in in this case, a flatmate. That's the way I would go. And I I only recently just started couch surfing, actually. So um, I'm not sure what the couch surfing scene is like in Hong Kong, but I know that couch surfing for me is a method of meeting locals. That's true. So so that kind of leads to my next question. So you had your really amazing friend let you stay in Hong Kong for a couple of weeks. How about finding your apartment? Your roommate or, or your living situations getting a little bit more settled for your couple of years here. How was that? Uh, yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to. Um, I was uh, uh, on student council at SFU, so as a president, and um, the VP admin uh, had moved to Hong Kong for a co-op position um, for uh, from Simon Fraser University, and uh, she was like, when she found out I was moving here, she was like, "Hey, let, let's uh, let us be flatmates, right, or roommates." Awesome. Um, and so I was l- lucky there. In terms of finding apartments, I mean. I was really lucky. Um, She was great at um, going to all the meetings and I basically just scoured through apps and and contacted agents and been like, hey, these are our budgets or this is our budget and these are our requirements, this is what we're looking for. Um, So I did all the outreach and I saw maybe one or two apartments with her and then afterwards I flew to New York for... um, 
for a wedding. So actually a lot of the apartment finding was FaceTime and okay. we looked over 42 apartments. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. FaceTime. There you go. Um, and then events. So you were networking a lot. Were there any specific events or maybe not even for, for, for your, your job hunt, but just networking in general, you're definitely an amazing networker. So what would be some events people looking to make new friends maybe in, of course, we're always startup or tech, but you know, just in general. I actually, um, in general, I, I didn't go to any of the events Whoa. Um, to meet anyone. I just did a lot of one-on-one meeting okay. and um, if they happen, you know, one door opens up another and cool. um, I, I think at the end of the day, if you, if I was to leave anything with you, it would be uh, ask. It doesn't hurt to ask, right? So. Yeah. Very, very interesting. And then how are you keeping track of all these new connections? Was it like spreadsheets, CRMs? Man, paper. I wish I was, I wish I was as, uh, <laughs> I wish I was as uh, organized as you on a CRM. <laughs> um, I totally did the old school way, Google Sheets. Okay. Google Sheets and there's an app for it on the iPhone, yeah, iOS. Yeah. So I use that too. Some Sometimes you uh, saw mine earlier. I would just do a first, last name, email, maybe how I knew them. So, um, and I would, I would, and this is something that's, you know, super, I don't even know why people don't do it. It should be supernatural, but uh, maybe because I used to do media, media pitching is um, research them. So I would research every single person and do some background check beforehand. So at least there was like, hey, um, Michael, you know, I know that you do this, you know, podcast, like I heard from slow-mo, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you know each other? And um, just really getting to know the person rather than being like, you know, help me find a job. Yeah, that's definitely amazing above and beyond what most people uh most people do uh, most people just immediately just ask for something without knowing who they're even talking to and i get a lot of a decent amount of inbound emails and yeah i always would remember somebody that connected with you on connected and yeah. listened to one at least one episode or you know read one blog post and mm-hmm. and then gave some feedback it always sticks out just a little bit so it's not a lot of research right i mean just browsing no, there it's just minimum <laughs> yeah but it sticks out i think a lot so how has the last couple of years been then did you, you feel like you achieved your goal with uh you know knowing the culture and to and, be honest sure we want honesty <laughs> on the show this is- um the first year was you know what? Uh, I only planned to stay in Hong Kong for one year. And the first year, honestly, was just meh. Like, I looked, I worked at a Hong Kong local company in New Territories. Um, I busted my ass. Um, I only hung out with as many locals as I could meet. I wanted to learn all about the culture. But in Hong Kong, you cannot learn um, China culture. And actually, I, I would say far from it because Hong Kong very much tries to be the complete opposite. They very much try to differentiate themselves. I'm not Chinese. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm Hong Kongese. True, true. Yeah, well, thanks for being honest. And then any fun stuff? Well, yeah, just maybe just lifestyle or, I mean, you're, you, I think you have some good fun times, right? Yeah, so uh, in my first year, I, I was like, okay, I did not come here to achieve, you know, or did not fulfill what I came here to do. And, 
I thought I would stay here another year. So I moved to um, TGN, um, Test Park Global Network, a um, Chinese-owned uh, company based in Hong Kong. And um, this is where I, you know, had to learn to work with Chinese colleagues. Um, we all, our entire communication method was on WeChat, learning to go around it. Like I cannot use Google Sheets anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Dropbox was a bit of a nightmare. So learning how to um, use different pieces of software um, to work with a distributed and remote team, um, as all of us were never really in the same place ever at the same time, even in, in Hong Kong, right? Mm-hmm. Our team is quite separated. So, um, and I would say that I really, you know, I, at that one year mark, I was like, well, I'm not getting any closer to my goal. So I made it a personal goal to uh, attend or or travel to China at least once a month on the weekends. And then um, I specifically asked um, for opportunities at work to to be like, you know, anytime there's a conference, like, please send me. Um, I took the initiative. Um, I was very active in uh, working and, and talking and communicating um, with my Chinese colleagues. Um, and then uh, just, just for my, I guess, my keeping me sane sake, um, I uh, promised myself to t- travel one other place that's not China and not Hong Kong once a month as well for the weekend. So I did a lot of personal development this year. I really got to, I mean, considering I'd never been to Asia two years ago, yeah. um, did quite a bit of traveling. And actually, was that your, uh, at Global from Asia, um, the cross-border summit last year, yep. that really... I think was um, life changing. I don't even know if I wow. can say that, but um, I learned a lot about it being digital nomad. Right, cool. Tack was Tack uh, was good. Yeah, yeah. Tack introduced that concept in, to my life, and I learned a little bit more. I also uh, looked into being a third culture kid. Mm. Um, you know, growing up in a culture that isn't your parents, but not necessarily you don't relate to the people of that culture. So then you have this third culture, and I. I probably, yeah, in the last three or four months, been working with a distributed team from any part of the world, being decentralized, trying to be, a, you know, want to be digital nomad, <laughs> that kind of lifestyle. And I think that Hong Kong is is great for that. That is one thing that Hong Kong is good for. Awesome. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, I mean, there's challenges. We were, I was venting a little bit earlier about, yeah, like the internet in China and trying to get... Cr- cross-culture teams, especially mainland China and the rest of the world, because I think mainland China is basically WeChat. I mean, there's no, it, the whole country is on WeChat. So I guess we have to just force everyone else outside of China to use WeChat to engage with the Chinese, because trying to get the Chinese team to use outside of China tools is almost impossible. impossible. I know, yeah. I remember, yeah, we've been, we've been keeping in touch with her past couple of years and I know you've also struggled because you have the Shenzhen team and the Hong Kong team so I guess it's just that would be at least a challenge for me I don't know if, if you have uh, other challenges maybe definitely with files I think that's um, our documents and our, our documentation is very difficult um, because WeChat does have a limitation in terms of 
file size and um, amounts of files. So over time, you do need to delete and remove or empty out your photo storage or any storage on WeChat. Um, and uh, so sending off files, uh, making sure that you rename them so that they're the new draft versus the old draft. Um, uh, I mean, they can use Dropbox necessarily. They, they cannot use Google. Um, uh, a lot of the email uh, functions, like it just, to them, is a burden, like Like, so, um, yeah, it's too troublesome for them, right? And they feel like, oh my God, it's so, such a, China is all about short term, you know, they, mm-hmm. everybody thinks short term. Nobody really thinks like, this is the foundation, this is long term, this will give back um, you know, I, I will see uh, my returns <laughs> in another year or the next time in, in three three months, in six months, or the next time I plan that event. You know, mm, so. I have my reasons maybe why, but even I start to think sometimes more short-term in, in China business because things do change so fast maybe, and it you don't know make- how long what you're building will... I'm not yeah. even sure if things, I mean, we can say it changes fast, but... It's really, I guess, the decision makers at the top. They can just, in a second, be like, you know what? I changed my mind and I'm going to remove that policy or I'm just going to introduce a new regulation. Mm. (laughs) Welcome to your life, right? Welcome to China. (laughs) So what's next? You're going to London and being a digital nomad and... I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really take a stab at it. So um, I was uh, in Singapore uh, last week and that was sort of my last little bit. I'm in Shenzhen now um, and really officially uh, uh, being a digital nomad by, I'll be in London, I'll be in Rome for vacation. Nice. And then I'll be back in London, Jakarta, then Vancouver, then after Vancouver I'll be in San Francisco. I'm thinking about making my way to Seattle, maybe stopping by. Um, And I... I'm not sure where I will be afterwards, but okay. I'm hoping that I can continue this uh, digital nomad life and and perhaps uh, further my Chinese studies nice. um, in Taiwan. All right. Yeah, I got to meet in Taiwan, try to get there once, but uh, keep it short. But my wife didn't know, she's mainland Chinese, we didn't know we needed entry and exit and entry visas. For mainland Chinese, you need really? permission to leave China from Chinese, oh. and you need permission from Taiwan to enter Taiwan. For your so, children too. Uh, children are Americans. Mm. It's a little bit different, but that's another whole other podcast, maybe. Oh my! <laughs> uh, how can people get involved with what you're doing? You're looking for some freelancing now. You're yeah, I, I would, I would love um, to to uh, help people out. Um, if there's anything sort of temporary um, or short term, or you just want to test it out. Um, I do publishing and editorial, um, publishing design and editorial. So that means helping you, um, come put together pitch decks, sponsorship packages, sales packages, posters, example. I can provide the example for you. Um, and also if there's anything I would prefer, uh, which would be longer term. Um, so working on really and being dedicated to one or two projects, maybe three at most, is working with you on your external communications. So that might be managing your PR, helping you write out press releases, compiling your list of media, and then also working with your marketing team to come up with content calendar, your strategy overall, direction, uh, the company messaging, and 
I would say another part of external is, is strategic partnerships and figuring out who would be best for uh, working with uh, in the industry and how to, to as well tackle um, the marketplace. And um, what I've been mainly working on for the last three or four opportunities and my past experiences have been um, building out distributed teams, um, working with freelancers, other digital nomads, both China and non-Chinese, um, so cross-cultural teams, internal communications. I, I've been spending a lot of time on being, be, uh, building that team morale and um, helping you or helping them, helping the team feel uh, that they're part of building this team up too, that they're uh, needed in, in building this team up and, and being passionate in what they do, perhaps maybe reorganizing, re Structuring change management is what they call it these days. Change so. management. All right. Interesting. And then we'll, if people come in a cross-border summit, they'll be able to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I'd love to see you at cross-border and, summit. And I mean, that's where I learn the most forward and exciting things to come. Um, Great. All right. And how can people reach out to you or we can put on the show notes too? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Put in the show notes, but also um, you can find me on Twitter at O-V-E-Y-Y-E-U-N-G. And there's, uh, yeah, just tweet me away. Tweet, tweet. All right. Tweet, tweet. I think these bankers are giving us the evil eye. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Thank you, HSBC. <laughs> Thank you, Ove. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm trying to improve my interview skills. Should be something I work on in 2017. I know with some surveys and feedback from listeners, I'm not digging as deep as I could and I'm too nice maybe, but Ove was super easy going and you know, we patched in a little bit of digging with her car accident. She couldn't go into too much detail because she says it's still a legal case that hasn't closed. So that's just it though with life. I mean, we got to make moves, you know, life is short, do it now. For me, each year I think back and I, you know, I made moves. I came out to China. It was pretty scary. I remember not knowing what was happening. Just like Ove, I took a trip over first and I didn't even expect to move out here and who never had an idea. I get married and have kids and anyways, but uh, it started out as a business trip and it's been almost 10 years now. So just, I love the energy. I love learning new things. I love international business and, uh, you know, and I've enjoyed working with you guys. I mean, a lot of listeners I've done some projects with and made friends with. So it's just been, it's been amazing. So I wonder what's your plan for 2017? I'd love to hear it. And I want everybody here to make big things happen. I want to engage more with you guys. I can't wait to get out more interviews. Got already a couple really great ones for 2017. And I got more things on the pipeline. So, you know, thanks for hanging out with me all the way till the end of this show. I hope it was helpful. And that's it, you know, peace, take care. Goodbye, 2016. Welcome, 2017. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.